Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 88 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe in your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week include Cyber Shadow, Allegia, Gods Will Fall, and The Medium. The games coming out this week include Hybroxia 2, Werewolf the Apocalypse Earth Blood, Project Winter, Glittering Sword, and Roomboo First Blood. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have a whopping 9 to cover this week. Number 1, Halo Infinite Engineer explains how the game is being optimized for every device, not just Xbox One. Jordan Allman at IGN writes, An engineer working on Halo Infinite has explained how the game will be optimized to run well on all platforms and not just Xbox One. In the latest Inside Infinite development blog for January 2021, Game Foundation architect Daniel Giannotti discussed how the studio rebuilt the engine multi-threading solution to ensure the game runs optimally across every device that it is launching on, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. Quote, for Halo Infinite, we rebuilt the engine multi-threading solution to ensure high execution efficiency across all platforms and PCs, instead of running it optimally just on Xbox One, end quote, Giannotti explained. Quote, we used a new system to transition the renderer to a massively parallel multi-threaded framework to support the increased cost of all of our new rendering features and achieve high graphics efficiency on PC CPUs of various size as well as Xbox Series X, S, and Xbox One X and S hardware, end quote. What this suggests is that even though the game will be launching on last-gen consoles, players shouldn't expect too many compromises on more powerful devices because of that. On the flip side, back in 2019, the Halo franchise's development director, Frank O'Connor, said that the Xbox One is not going to be a second-class citizen when it comes to how the last-gen console will run Halo Infinite. Giannotti's explanation doubles down on 343's promise and gives us an idea of how that works from a technical perspective. Clearly, it's still something to do of great importance to the team as the game soldiers on through development as the team has completely rebuilt some of its tools to ensure you won't miss out if you haven't got an X-Gen console or PC. Quote, we are doing our very best to make sure Halo Infinite runs optimally on any device you may choose to play on, and quote, Giannotti added. It's particularly important after initial look at Halo Infinite drew criticism for its visual quality. Elsewhere in the blog, we learn that Halo Infinite will feature a rebuilt, customizable control scheme. The game is currently slated to launch in fall 2021 after being delayed out of the launch window for the Series X and S. For all you excited for Halo Infinite, you have to read the entire development blog. A lot of great tidbits in there. Also noting that they are in a clean and polished state for the game. It's fully playable. I just can't wait to see our next big showcase for this game. They need to wow everyone after the last disappointing showcase. Number 2. AMD expects PS5, Xbox, and PC chip shortages through first half of 2021. Adam Bankhurst at IGN writes, Despite AMD's record-breaking 2020, it anticipates PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC chip shortages to last through at least the first half of 2021. As reported by Tom's Hardware, AMD recently held its Q4 2020 earnings call, and AMD's president and CEO Lisa Su discussed these shortages in response to an investor asking about the magnitude of supply constraints due to growth and the COVID-19 pandemic. While AMD saw a strong revenue map in its business, Sue mentioned that overall demand exceeded our planning. As a result, there were supply constraints near the end of the year in the PC market, low-end PC market, and the gaming markets. Sue also discussed how this means she expects chip shortages in the first half of 2021 as AMD works to improve supply, but she reassures that there is an added capacity in the second half of 2021 that should hopefully help. Sue previously spoke to Xbox head Phil Spencer as AMD produces the CPU and GPU of the Xbox Series X and S, and both teams are working hard as they can meet the high demand of the next-gen consoles. 
Last year, Microsoft CFO Tim Stewart has cautioned that these shortages could continue through the first quarter of 2021. What this all breaks down and translates to is that it's going to be extremely hard to still find next-gen consoles through at least the first half of 2021. Hopefully more so towards the end of the year, but my expectation is that you won't readily be able to buy these consoles until early 2022. Really disappointing, I was happy that I was able to get mine, but for all those that don't want to pay a scalper, you might have a hard time getting them. Number 3. See if these gets 120 frames per second mode on the Series X. Mustafa Mood at kitguru.net writes, See if the Season 1 update went live yesterday alongside the many new additions, including a plunder pass, seasonal progression, new merchant alliance voyage type, and more. The most surprising part of the update was in fact the addition of 120Hz mode. This new mode outputs the game at 1080p, but allows the frame rate to be pushed all the way up to 120 frames per second. Unfortunately, this new performance mode is only available to the Series X, meaning that those with a Series S will remain limited to 1080p 60. With this latest update, Xbox Series X owners now have the option to pick between 4K output at 60 or 120 frames per second with 1080p. This choice is certainly welcome, especially for those who currently do not own a 4K TV or those who simply need as many frames as possible. I just love all these games getting the updates just so all players have options that have the TVs, have the consoles, and want to play how they want. Recently jumped back into Sea of Thieves for an hour or so with a couple of buddies, and my gosh is that game fun. Really looking forward to jumping back in. Number 4. Bleeding Edge sees this updates after 10 months Ninja Theory focusing on other projects. Zach Zween at Kotaku writes, Ninja Theory has announced today that it will no longer be updating Bleeding Edge with new content, though the game will remain playable on Xbox One, Xbox Series X, S, and PC. Bleeding Edge, an online 4v4 action game, was released on March 24th of the last year. Now, less than a year later, the game will stop receiving new content updates. Ninja Theory made the announcement on Twitter explaining that it was focusing on other projects like Project Mara and Senua's Saga. Another possible reason for Bleeding Edge no longer being updated, it never found a huge audience. While it had a diverse and interesting roster of characters and mostly positive reviews on Steam, it failed to stand out from the crowd of other, more popular online character action games like Overwatch and Paladins Champions of the Realm. For those who enjoy Bleeding Edge or want to try the game out, it is still playable and part of Microsoft's Game Pass program. I'm guilty of this, I played the beta and I really enjoyed my time with it, but I'm just not into these 4v4 action games unless I have a couple buddies that want to play. Unfortunately, my friends were not interested. Really cool game, but I do want to see Ninja Theory focusing on their other projects. I cannot wait for Senua Saga. Number 5. A Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game is reportedly in development without EA and Bioware. Adam Bankers at IGN writes, a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game is reportedly in the works and it is not being developed by EA and Bioware, the studio behind the original game. As reported by Video Game Chronicle, the latest rumor comes courtesy of credited Star Wars insider Bespin Bulletin, who spoke on a recent B.O.B. The Podcast episode about the project that is set to be in development outside of EA and that we'll never guess who the studio is that's making the game. Quote, Amongst my digging I heard there is a Knights of the Old Republic project in development somewhere. I talked to a couple of people and I also found out that Jason Schreier said that it's not with EA and will never guess who the studio is that's making the game, said Bespin Bulletin. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier has previously spoken of a potential KOTOR project both on Reset Era and Twitter and his words echo Bespin Bulletin's comments. Furthermore, Wushu Studios' Nate Najida also took to Reset Era in response to say that it's not as mysterious as you think, it's just not a household name most people are aware of. There have been previous rumors of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake being in the works at EA and that it would take elements of the first KOTOR and Knights of the Old Republic to the Sith Lords and retool the two stories to make them fit in current canon. It is unclear whether this is the discussed project that has since been taken away from EA or if it's an entirely new story. 
I hope you hear more about this game soon. I love the original KOTOR and KOTOR 2. They were pretty much the first RPGs that got me, and being attached to the Star Wars license, which I love, just made it that much more great. Number 6, Biomutant release date set for May after years of back and forth. Austin Wood at GamesRadar writes, The final Biomutant release date has been set for May 25th, 2021, after publisher THQ Nordic previously confirmed that it would arrive sometime after March. After a lengthy development cycle with more than a few prolonged disappearances and let's not forget a recent global pandemic, Biomutant is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC this spring. Next-gen support remains to be seen, but for now let's just pencil it in for presumed backwards compatibility. In case you've forgotten after all this time, Biomutant is a third-person open-world action game starring cute little animal characters and less cute, less little animalistic monsters. You may know this as that game with promo art of the red panda protagonist in a scarf, Developer Experiment 101 describes it as a kung fu fable featuring fantastic creatures to discover, dangerous factions to navigate, and a vibrant world to explore with mechs, paragliders, balloons, mounts, jet skis, and much more. That's a whole lot to pack into one game, but to its credit, the most recent Biomutant gameplay trailer showed a lot of this in action. I'm intrigued by this game to say the least. It looks very different, and I'll be excited to see what the reviews are on it. If they're positive, I'll probably check it out. Number 7, The Division 2 gets a next-gen upgrade next week. Jordan Allman at IGN writes, the Division 2 will receive an update next week bringing 4K resolution and 60 frames per second for next-gen consoles. The news was revealed in a tweet from user Jonah Lin, a Ubisoft community developer for The Division 2. Joanne was replying to a fan asking about the potential of a forthcoming state of the game, which is where The Division 2's developers take part in a live stream to provide fans with updates about the game. So while there won't be a state of the game this week, there is a title update coming to Division 2 on February 2nd, which will bring support for 4K resolution and 60 frames per second on next-gen consoles, the PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. The update will also bring it some special Resident Evil apparel items, including weapon skims, arm patches, and outfits. This is part of a collaborative promotion that will run from February 2nd to the 15th. The Division 1, as I've said on this show before, was one of my most disappointing games of all time. For some reason, the gameplay and gunplay just didn't work for me. I think it was a beautiful game, and I never even gave The Division 2 a shot, but I know millions out there love it, so enjoy the next-gen update this week. Number 8, The Lord of the Rings Golem delayed until 2022. Austin Gosselin at Polygon writes, The Lord of the Rings Golem, which will let you play through the story of Middle-earth's most unfortunate hobbit, has been delayed until 2022. As part of the delay announcement, developer Datalik Entertainment also announced that it's partnering with Nikon to publish the game. In Lord of the Rings, Gollum players will be able to take control of Gollum as he seeks out the One Ring. Just like in the movies and books, Gollum's quest will involve plenty of climbing and sneaking around as he ventures through some of the most dangerous parts of Middle-earth. Players will have the chance to explore the gentler side of Smeagol as well as the harsher, more obsessive Gollum, and they'll even be able to push the Hobbit towards one side or the other. The Lord of the Rings Gollum will arrive on PS4, PS5, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S, and Windows whenever it's ready to be released in 2022. As a big Lord of the Rings movies fan, I gotta admit this game does absolutely nothing for me. Hopefully when we see it next, it'll do something, but for now, we wait. Number 9, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War's next zombie map arrives next week. Sean Carey True Achievements writes, Developer Treyarch has unveiled the next zombies map coming to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Firebase Z is free to all players and goes live on February 4th. Firebase Z is set in Vietnam and follows on from the events of Die Machine. Gregory Weaver's team of Requiem agents are sent to the latest outbreak site, codenamed Firebase Z, to rescue Samantha Maxis from the outpost before she's presumably gobbled up by these pesky zombies. Troyark revealed a new map in the Firebase Street trailer posted above, which shows off some gunplay, new enemies, and what appears to be a new boss. The Call of Duty blog says that Firebase Z builds upon the Dark Aether lore and promises to be jam-packed with new enemies, game mechanics, easter eggs, and of course, an insane new wonder weapon. 
As someone who finally gave Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War Zombies a chance two weeks ago, I cannot wait to play this new map. I've been a huge Zombies fan for a very long time, and I was so impressed by Cold War Zombies, I can't wait to try this map. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one's an update on Xbox Game Pass. Credit to Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft is continuing to attract people to its Xbox Game Pass service. The Netflix for Video Game service now has 18 million subscribers, up from the 15 million previously reported in September. 18 million is a huge number, but you got to imagine by the time Halo Infinite launches that they're going to want to be around the 23-25 million mark. I'm no mathematician, but 18 million times roughly $10 is $180 million a month. Hopefully that's closer to them turning a profit because it still doesn't make sense how we pay so little for such a great service in Xbox Game Pass. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox and 10. This past week, I played about 7-8 hours of the medium. I'm enjoying my time with it, but it is by far no next-gen showcase. It's cool to see the technology being used, and it could only run on next-gen, but it is a double-A game. I'm enjoying my time. It's something I wouldn't pay for, but thanks to Game Pass, I don't have to. My name is Brandon Rosing. Follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. Hope you all have a great week, and keep on gaming.